Well, I was tempted to lead in with funeral music today because I'm here to deliver a eulogy for Fox News as we knew it. Uh, alas, what I predicted last week is already coming to pass, and it is it is a tragedy, but we're going to get to the bottom of it. Greetings, everybody, and welcome to Resurgence Podcast. I am your humble and obedient host, Andrew Thomas, and if I get to play an, a reluctant Nostradamus for the day, then so be it. Last week, if you read my articles, two of them were devoted to Fox News. One was about the leftist judge who was dismantling Fox News, and then the final one was analyzing Fox News's surrender, which came in the form of a settlement to the tune of three quarters of a billion dollars. It is a tragic day for conservatives and for the First Amendment and for the freedoms that we hold dear. My articles pointed out that a leftist judge in the case, Eric Davis, a Delaware judge, was issuing rulings that basically were preventing Fox News from putting on a fair defense. He was granting summary judgment on the heart of the case. You can read all about it on my Substack. But my concern was we were going to see Fox News in a position not to be able to defend themselves properly. Nevertheless, they had an obligation to try, and instead they just caved. They settled the case. I analyzed why and the ramifications of that in the second article, the lessons, lessons from the Fox News surrender. But in that analysis, I pointed out that Fox News is not Google. It's not Apple. It can't, well, it is a prosperous corporation. It can't continue to absorb torpedoes the way those enormous corporations can. And my concern was that all this leftist lawfare was going to take a toll. Well, it has. And we've seen the departure of Dan Bongino, which came right after the settlement. He, he said there was just a contract dispute. Well, okay, we'll, we'll take that as it is. But then we had Tucker Carlson, who obviously was forced out. They can spin it however they want, but it's clear that Fox News is on the road to becoming a rhino news channel. Tucker Carlson was a courageous talk show host. He went where other hosts were not willing to go in terms of taking on tough issues. He went into topics that were ignored or were downplayed, certainly were not given the really tough, incisive analysis that a good, strong conservative should give on that channel. And now he's gone. And so what we're seeing is leftist lawfare paying off big time. They have restructured the schedule and content of by far the largest conservative media outlet in the country. And this is a tremendous triumph for them. They're, they're gloating. The left is giddy. You can read the articles about how pleased they are that Tucker Carlson has been removed. And T Tucker Carlson will land somewhere else, but it will be in a diminished post. Let's be honest. He's not going to be in a place that has the reach, uh, the, the pay, and the gravitas of Fox News. He, he just won't. And so it, it and that will affect our ability to hear from him and his reach, which is what the left wanted. It is a shame that the Murdoch family would not stand up for their customers, their viewers, and fight as they should. And unfortunately, we now have the surrender of Fox News, the departure of Tucker Carlson. The left is rolling back major conservative media. We have the left almost dictating the content of conservative media now. So it's very troubling, obviously, not a great way to start the week. Nevertheless, 
this is where we're at and we need to plunge into what we can do to try to turn things around. I focused a lot on leftist lawfare, not only because of my own reluctant experience in that, but because that is where the fight is. And you can see from the Fox News episode, the loss of Tucker Carlson, the three quarters of a billion dollar payout with more to come. Fox News isn't isn't done. They've got other lawsuits still. You can see that the left is using this very powerful weapon to force their agenda on the rest of us. So we got to keep fighting, but let's take a moment to mourn the loss of Fox News as we knew it. And, and frankly, take a moment to shame the Murdochs for going along with this, for choosing profit over principle, for reducing their channel to a source of entertainment and money as opposed to trying to lead the good people of this country toward a better future. It is a shame. And others aren't going to say that, frankly. I was the only person, to my knowledge, to accurately dissect that judge's ruling in Delaware against Fox News as saying we've got trouble ahead. And I was the only one to fully call out Fox News. And frankly, while I, well, I think I'm a pretty good prognosticator and certainly have plenty of experience in the realm of leftist lawfare, I attribute a lot of that to the fact that there are other conservative analysts and writers out there who just don't want to say it because they want to be invited onto Fox News to get their ticket punched. And we need to have more people who are willing to speak truth to power on the right as well. Fox News failed us. Tucker, we wish you well. We look forward to seeing where you land. But just being honest, it's not going to be where you were. And that's a victory for the left. Now we turn to Trump under siege. Fort Bragg, the district attorney in Manhattan, Alvin Bragg, has tried to beat down a subpoena from uh, House Republicans to try to find out about the very suspicious and really uh, flimsy prosecution of uh, President Donald Trump. The House Judiciary uh, Committee, chaired by Jim Jordan, he's a Republican from Ohio, had issued a subpoena to Mark Pomerantz, who was a prosecutor in the Manhattan District Attorney's Office, who had written a book talking about the Trump case that at that point had never been. And Bragg responded by going to federal court to try to block the subpoena, which is a tactic I've talked about before. That's that's what the left often does. And initially, a Trump-appointed federal judge shot down the efforts by Bragg to shield this witness. Then it went to the U.S. Court of Appeals, which stayed the Trump judge's ruling. So we were in this limbo and basically Jordan and Bragg worked out a so-called compromise where Pomerantz would come and testify and would have counsel there. Bottom line is he's going to come and testify before this committee. So let me point out a couple things related to that. First of all, Mark Pomerantz is an experienced prosecutor. He's no dummy, and he's going to come there, and yes, he will face tough questions, but the reality is when you have somebody like that uh, testifying, it's going to be tough to get a whole lot that's usable, So why, and, and frankly, that will lead to anything positive on the conservative side. Our people will say, well, he said this and that, and the left will say the alternative. Yes, it's good to put him on the hot seat, I guess, to some degree, and maybe some nuggets will be learned. But the reality is a lot of these congressional hearings, they sound great, but they remember the Benghazi hearings with Hillary Clinton. They rarely lead to anything anymore. It's just theater. So hopefully something substantive will come from this. 
But I did want to point out this Mark Pomerantz wrote a book, and you can buy it if you want. I didn't receive a complimentary review copy of the book, uh, oddly enough, <laughs> but you can look it up. It's called The People versus Donald Trump, an inside account by Mar Mark Pomerantz. And on Amazon, it, it, here, it bills it as Mark Pomerantz was a retired lawyer living a calm suburban life when he accepted an unexpected offer to join the staff of the District Attorney of New York County in February 2021 to work on the investigation of former President Donald Trump. Yes, it just sounds like Cincinnati was at the plow when he was called to this noble public service. And it goes on, it actually says in describing the book that, uh, quote, unquote, the investigation led him to believe that the former president's approach to business had much in common with the business practices of another well-known public figure, former mob boss John J. Gotti. It, and it goes from there. You, you get the picture. This is, this is a hard left guy who went and wrote a book after Bragg closed the investigation, apparently, and, and, and the report was he was not going to prosecute Trump. Then he changed his mind, by all appearances, because of political pressure. But Pomerantz is out there with this book that he's selling, explaining the theories of prosecuting President Trump. I, I, I don't know how Pomerantz was able to do this. I guess there are, are no restrictions on uh, what turned out to be an ongoing investigation because it, it certainly was at a minimum reopened and they filed this case. But he has this book, so I, I guess they'll be asking him about the book in the hearings. Presumably he's earning some money from it, and um, we're going to hopefully learn something from the committee. Hopefully they will hold his feet to the fire, and this will be worth the effort. Continuing with Trump under siege, we have starting on April 25th, the trial that I spoke about in the podcast last week. This lawsuit was filed by Gene Carroll against President Trump, and it alleges sexual assault by President Trump. It's, uh, she was a, a writer for Elle magazine. These are very tough allegations. But we found out that I, I had last week talked about how I considered it part of leftist lawfare because Carroll had explained that President Trump's election had helped inspire her to file the lawsuit. Well, now we have further uh, proof that there's lawfare afoot because Reed Hoffman, who's a founder and former executive chairman of LinkedIn, has acknowledged that he is helping to finance the lawsuit against Trump by Carroll. He's described as a mega donor in a Fox News story. He's quoted as saying, quote, Trump's hostility to women has been a dominant feature of his ideology for his entire adult life. Supporting women fighting for progress and justice in philanthropy, politics and business has been a longstanding priority of mine, as is supporting America against the threat of Trump. So we have this mega donor, so described, bankrolling this lawsuit. And we have to wonder how many other lawsuits is he or other Democrat mega donors financing against Trump or conservative interests. That is leftist lawfare. That is the heart of it. And I suspect this is the tip of the iceberg. We don't know how much of that is going on. We know, for example, that George Soros has directly financed the election of left-wing prosecutors in major jurisdictions in America, which has led to a, a lot of crime and a lot of left-wing politics and a lot of problems. But we don't know how many private lawyers are being financed this way. This is a great example that has now been disclosed on the eve of trial. The judge is not going to allow the jury to be instructed that, that this uh, 
gentleman, Reed Hoffman, is financing Carroll's lawsuit. The judges also dismissed suggestions from President Trump and his lawyers that his potential absence from the trial is a consequence of uh, logistical and financial burdens. Basically, the president's legal team wanted to let the jury know he's not going to be there because it's going to impose a huge cost on the city and on the courts to have to accommodate his presence. And the judges more or less blown that off, said the courthouse is secure. And uh, the quote from, from the judge, this is uh, uh, Judge Lewis Kaplan, says, he says, quote, if the Secret Service can protect him at that event, this is referring to a campaign event in New Hampshire. If the Secret Service can protect him at that event, certainly the Secret Service, the Marshal Service, and the city of New York can see to his security in this very secure federal courthouse. Well, yes, that is true, but it is a financial imposition on the, the people there and on the federal taxpayers. Nevertheless, one can understand why President Trump isn't itching to attend personally. Yes, he would like to defend his honor, but he, he's being sued and prosecuted all over the country by all these these left-wing windbag prosecutors and every leftist lawfare lawyer who can get their hands on a, a plaintiff, seemingly. It's, a, it's an important lawsuit. My concern, and this is now being echoed by others, is if he loses, the allegations here are very bad. This is, this is sexual assault he's accused of. It's a civil trial. It's not criminal. But I stand by my prediction that if you may well see the plaintiff appearing in TV ads next year, targeting swing female voters, that's very tough, very rough incoming fire for anybody, even for President Trump. So hopefully we, we won't see that. Hopefully justice will be done. But the president has a lot coming at him. He has this case and obviously the potential prosecutions. Frankly, we must hope and pray that his health holds up. This, this is has to be tremendously stressful, even though he's is a very strong-willed uh, man, obviously has tremendous guts and fortitude to do what he's done in his life and, and since running for president. This is a very difficult time for anybody, and uh, President Trump is no exception. Well, that's the Resurgence podcast for this week. I like to try to look at things that others are not talking about, keep you ahead on, on the leftist lawfare. We've recently had a, a slew of very tough news coming from the realm of leftist lawfare. We've had the indictment of President Trump. We've had this Fox News surrender. Now the, I think, obviously forced departure of Tucker Carlson. It certainly looks that way to me and many others. And Dan Bongino came right in the same time frame. It looks as if the ramifications of that lawsuit are already being felt and conservative voices, prominent ones, are being uh, forced or at least moved off of that platform. You are witnessing in real time the consequences of leftist lawfare, and you're witnessing in real time the consequences of conservative leaders, Republican leaders for decades, not standing up and fighting these people. I was there when, when this poison of, of critical legal studies and, and Marxism was brewing in law schools when I, when I went to law school. And it, this was decades ago. This has been brewing. It has not been a secret. We have not had leaders who have stood up and done the right thing and fought this along the way. And now, it, now we're to the point that we have our president who's being savaged like uh, Gulliver and Gulliver's Travels is being tied down in all these jurisdictions by prosecutors, by uh, the various plaintiffs. And then you have Fox News, the biggest conservative media in the nation by far, 
has they've now been affected by this. And frankly, Fox News should have done a much better job of explaining and covering the disaster that was unfolding in American law to the point that we now have two-tier justice and conservatives are being attacked successfully in court. In some sense, Fox News is reaping what they sowed by not talking about this and by just having happy talk from lawyers coming on and talking about their cases and establishment people like Judge Andrew Napolitano, who these these people were not telling you about the Category 5 hurricane that was coming. Well, it has now hit, and it is swamping us, and we have to be smart and focused and determined to fight back. And my humble part is to help educate you, empower you, work with you. I I put forward a fortress strategy that I talk about in one of my uh, articles of things that we can do to fight back and to win. But we got to get smart and focused very quickly. And we've had a fresh, gigantic reminder of the tall order that we face with what happened to Fox News. And now it's leading uh, voice on the right, as far as most of us are concerned, Tucker Carlson is gone. So keep your head up. Let's keep up the fight. Thanks again for joining me. This is Andrew Thomas on the Resurgence Podcast. Keep the faith and keep on trucking, and may your day be full of green lights and blue skies. Look forward to catching up with you next week. You all take care. Mm -hmm.